Blog Talk Radio. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Winchester Radio this evening. Um, the uh, latest episode just aired about a half an hour ago, and we also have a very special guest tonight, uh, Director of Taxi Driver, Guy B., who is here. We're going to be talking to him and asking him all sorts of questions about the episode. We are not going to take guest call-ins tonight because Guy is here, and... Uh, that's it. We'll get into a little bit more about uh, the usual stuff we uh, where you can find us and all that a little bit later. But let's get right to talking to Guy. Welcome back, Guy. Thank you again for uh, coming back and talking to us about the show tonight. Well, thanks for having me back. Uh, hello, uh, SPNers, uh, or whatever uh, <laughs> we refer to each other as in these days. Um, uh, <laughs> pleasure to be here. Thank you. It's been a, Thank you. It's been a long time between episodes. We haven't had you on the show for a while. Yeah, I don't think we did one for Blood Brother, so it would have been, you know, maybe there will be blood. I think we maybe did one after that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Susan and I were talking right before you came on. We were counting how many um, podcasts you've been on, and you've done eight episodes. You've been this will make the sixth podcast you've done with us. So. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So yeah. probably we probably didn't do one for Blood Brother, um, and uh, I don't know because I know we did Family Matters, Frontierland. Yeah, but, uh, the asylum was the other one. Oh, asylum, of course. <laughs> you know, that's before any of us knew what. It was before Supernatural was Supernatural. We were just, you know, they were just two good-looking dudes in a in an old Impala. Um, <laughs> well, it was definitely BP before podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're making up for it now. You're like in our podcast Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's funny. <laughs> The people about that back then because it was like, did you have any idea? Did anybody have any idea? And I was like, no. I mean, it was just kind of a cool concept and it was uh, fun to be part of. And uh, did what you do. And so here you go, all these years later, we're going to have a season nine, evidently, right? Yeah. yeah. So amazing. Yeah, it's good to hear. Well, okay. you, uh-huh. so, you know, in the early years, you know, always scared to death. Oh my God, are we going to get another season? You know, and then now we're going into the ninth season. It's just, Freaking crazy! Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's the fans. I mean, say no more. I mean, it's you know, without any hesitation, you know, Warner Brothers, CW, they're very aware, especially through you know, in the last couple of years with social media, they know how uh, rabid and loyal and crazy you guys are, and keep it up because uh, you know, believe me, the cast and crew feel it and they love it and appreciate it, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a big collaboration going on there. Mm-hmm. Um. I hear a little static sometimes. Like, I don't know if it's me or. Uh, I'm kind of. Sounds pretty clear here. Hopefully, it'll clear up. Okay. Yeah. So, um, when did you find out? Um, when you when did you get the script for this episode and you know start your work on it? When did you get started on it? You know, I probably got it. You know, in in TV terms, probably pretty early. I probably got it about three or four days before I traveled up. Um, I finished an, an episode of Arrow on a Friday night, flew home on a Saturday, I think, and then um, probably got it Monday, and then I think I flew back. Oh, God. I only had like four or five days in between the two episodes, but I got it like the day after I got back home. I kind of had a, a heads up 
um, Jensen had read a uh, like a you know beat sheet or you know a treatment of what the episode was going to be. So I I knew that the you know a lot of the the cool things that were going to happen in it, but um, I didn't I you know until I read it I didn't I didn't have any idea. So um, yeah, in in TV terms that's that's early because I've gotten um, the scripts and I was going to prep the next morning you know the the evening before. Um, so yeah, um, you know it's a good it's a well-oiled machine over there. I mean those guys have it down to a science, and and you know thank goodness we it, it, it works out that way because the more prep I have like any director the more you can start, you know, formulating cool ideas and things you want to try and do. And so, uh, yeah, so I, uh, you know, I probably had it about three or four days before we uh, start prep. And is this the first uh, script you've gotten written by uh, Eugenie Ross-Lemming and Brad Buckner? Yeah, yeah, uh, Eugenie and Brad, I, I you know, because I, I, I think everything I've done so far has either been Ben, um, Dan, and Andrew, I think. I mean, um, so yeah, this is the first one from that from the team, the, the team of uh, you know Brad and Eugenie, and I dug it. You know, right, right, right. The first week I was like, holy cow, this is, this is all the good stuff. This is like I could tell that it was great bits of humor. That was great. You know, I got three bro hugs in there. Right? I mean, really good, solid uh, hugs, which I know we all like. Um, and then. You know, it, it it was it was back to purgatory. It was it was a lot. You know, a lot of the stuff that that I liked that I had done before on the show as well. So, uh, you know, I knew I knew that we had been to quote unquote hell before, but I didn't know to what extent. And I, and I you know, we certainly hadn't explored it as much as the, the size and the you know the the, the breadth of uh, purgatory. So I wasn't sure how we were going to do hell. And then uh, you know, the first day I, re- I saw that that there was plans to build this sort of a never-ending hallway with a bunch of, you know, tea hallways going off and cells and eternal damnation and all that stuff. And uh, and Jerry Wanick and crew built it, and it's it's a stunning set. And we shot there one day. And it was kind of oh, like... Oh, wow. It was like, what a, what a crime to shoot this one day and then never use it again. So I, I from what I understand, they, they, they still have it up. So you never know. I mean, they were able to mm-hmm. turn... Sets, you know, different sets into different things for different episodes. So I, I don't know. Once I once mm-hmm. we shot it, um, I think it was my second to last day because they needed all that time to build it. Second to last day photography, I believe we shot that whole day, and um, yeah, that was that was a stunning set. So we we lucked out, and then um, you know a lot of that stuff, all the the, the street scene and the and the you know the alleyway and and all the you know the portal into purgatory and all that. That was all on our our. They call it the back lots where uh, it was built for Watchmen, the movie Watchmen. We've been there many times as a show, so we're very familiar with it as a crew. and um, So it worked out great. I had never shot there before. We scouted it, but I never shot it on any of my episodes. So we spent a couple days there in the pouring rain. It never let up, but, uh, you know, it gave it a great look. You know, I kept describing this episode as, uh, you know, sort of a Blade Runner homage. There's, there felt like um, some some. Some of that feel, you know, the taxi driver, Office Cohen's character, kind of felt like um, uh, Edward James almost character in Blade Runner. If anybody's a fan of that movie, you, know, you can kind of get that. But a lot of neon, a lot of water, a lot of you know, darkness and steam and and rain. And so, uh, so yeah, it uh, felt like we we're shooting Blade Runner. It's fun. The um, 
the graffiti that was used there for the doorway that the taxi driver takes Sam through, mm-hmm. um, gorgeous. What um, Was that um, painted by the set decoration people? Or? Yeah, well, Jerry knows of this guy, and we went over one of the days when he was doing it, and he's a you know young guy who's just a uh, you know, genius graffiti artist. And we kind of told him what we wanted. There was a lot of you know skull imagery. It looked like a lot. I kept calling it um, every heavy metal album, album covers. <laughs> All rolled into one, and um, you know there was we're, there was some talk talk about doing sort of a little bit of an homage to Banksy, and it's in there. I don't know if it made the final cut, but there was a Banksy type because I mean I loved his graffiti, of course, and mm-hmm. you know, that was all sort of done um, you know, from scratch and original. That's all intents and purposes of an original piece of artwork because it's a it's, it's they're all they're, none of those walls are really cement or brick; they're all facades. So we do whatever we want. So uh, yeah, Jerry knew a guy that's a graffiti artist, and he, uh, he knocked it out of the park, did a great job, and uh, we're very happy about that. Uh, I don't. The the door that they used to go through looked very similar to the TARDIS on Doctor Who. I don't know if you are familiar with Doctor Who. Yeah. Do you know that was on purpose, or? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think it was just supposed to be like a generic door, you know, with panels, and then. Um, I haven't seen the cut, but I've, I've, you know, they keep me up to date on, uh, you know, um, Grant Lindsay, who's, uh, he works with Mark Malosh and Ryan Curtis, the visual effects guys. When they finish an effect, they send it to, uh, you know, to the producers, and I'm, I'm in that chain, so I've been watching the effects all along. So I think what they used was, the idea was that as they got close, the, the bricks in the wall that the door is painted on start to fall away, and of course creates this portal. But no, I don't think there was supposed to be a generic door with you know with, the, with those rectangular panels, um, and I think the TARDIS isn't a, it's a phone booth, right? I think. Yeah, the TARDIS is a phone booth, right? Uh huh. So, so I mean, it has similar characteristics, but it's, it was always sort of meant to be like literally a door, because we kept talking about you know what, what would it be like a skull that opens its mouth or what? Would it, it's like kind of like well. Maybe it's just a door, you know. So uh, that seemed to be like the smart thing to do, and um, and I know I saw the you know all the all the the paint start starts to run, which was really a cool idea that uh, you know that Mark and the guys kind of pitched to me, and I you know I love that idea. So I think that all came together really nice. It really did. The the effects for the whole thing was just amazing. Oh, and those guys had. I mean, I. Let me see. I today's Wednesday, right? So I flew home exactly four weeks ago today, which means they have four weeks to do all this. And believe me, there are a ton of visual effects in there. I mean, you know, all the the eyes turning red, black, beheadings. You know, there's a ton. I mean, those guys just you know, they were working weekends and twelve hour days every day, and um, I can't say enough great things about those guys. And, and, and with such a great attitude, I mean, you know, they're you're under pressure. It's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of time. And how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? They have a budget. They have, you know, there's you know, overtime and all these things you have to take into consideration. And those guys do it with, you know, real style and grace. And and, uh, and that looks great. So can't say enough good things about those guys. Yeah, it looked really cool. And I this is the most we've ever seen of, of hell. Yep. And it, it was, it was, very suitably creepy and all the residents of hell that Sam was passing as he was looking for for Bobby. The one I think that creeped me out the most was the was the girl that kept saying, I prayed for you. 
Yeah. You know, and you finally yeah. come. And, and we did virtually nothing to her. You know, um, we had, I, I, you know, again, I don't know if they've cut any of them out, but we had three different people that were speaking behind, either behind bars or, or chained up to the walls. Mm-hmm. That, that Sam encounters, and then he comes upon this one girl, and she just kind of, you know, comes into this nice soft white, you know, like you know, this alabaster skin into this, this soft light. Um, yeah, I mean, those were all actors cast. Um, they got there very early. Um, Toby's um, crew got hold of them and uh, did some amazing stuff. I mean, there's hooks going through faces and, and mm-hmm. um, some amazing yeah. stuff. Like, you know, we talk about these things, and it's not till you get there on the day that you see it happening. And, and you know, it's just, it was it was shocking in a great way, you know, in, a good, in the best possible way. Cause it was like, whoa, mm-hmm. you know, now, I, now I see it. Uh, and so it was good. We had a great time um, kind of setting those guys up and, and doing that little sequence. And of course, the hallway didn't go on forever. So at the very end, it was we put a big giant green screen, and so that way you're able to make it give the impression that it goes on forever. So again, there's there's a ton of visual effects in there that um, mm-hmm. are invisible to anybody that wasn't there shooting it. Um, you know, I walked over there with Serge a couple times while we were shooting, or we before we went over to the back lot one day. Uh, they picked us up a little early, and we went over there and, and looked at. Sort of in, in, in progress because all that, all that, um, the brickwork and all the different, you know, it's all, all done out of foam, out of like, you know, styrofoam. So all that, you know, has to get put up and they have to paint it. And so, you know, Sarah kind of walked over there and, you know, we talked about adding some lighting here and some here and there. And then, of course, we get there the day to get ready to shoot. We realize we've got these, these grates where you can feel the fire coming from, you know, below. But we didn't have any smoke, and so instead of trying to smoke up the individual pieces, uh, we had, uh, um, you know, our, our special effects, effects, our special effects crew literally plumb in on the steam line, so that you know they basically have a boiler going all day, and it's steam that's that's rising, which you know, under underlit looks like smoke. The problem is that it becomes literally becomes a sauna. Because you've got hot steam rising through all these grates. Of course, we save it between shots. But while we're shooting, you know, 12, 15 people in the hallways, and it's really, uh, really uh, stifling. But uh, but it looks great. So that's what's important. And it's fitting for hell, you know. So the heat. Very, very, very fitting. And of course, you know, you know, the guys have big, thick Carhartt coats on, or whatever, whatever those coats are, and so. Um, Thank God, you know, as a crew, we could just go in there in T-shirts. But anyway. And, you know, we've got to give a shout-out to Jim Beaver for, you know, again, fooling everybody and lying and saying that, oh, no, he's <laughs> mm-hmm. not that supernatural. <laughs> yeah, no, he was he was coming up to do uh, uh, this pilot in Washington State called Junkyard Dogs. You guys didn't know that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do remember seeing him mention that. And I, you know, now it's like, I wonder if the people who make Junkyard Dogs are the same people who make Abominable Snowman movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah. I think they are. Well, you know, what's funny is he got off the plane, and I guess there was a photographer there who took his picture, and he said, hey, can you do me a huge favor and not, you know, put that out or say anything that, about me being here? Because clearly the photographer knew who he was. And uh, he wasn't quite sure if the guy was going to, you know, comply and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully he did, because uh, I don't remember anybody. I don't. I didn't no. hear anything about Jim being in town, and uh, and 
he was supposed to be in and out really quick, and then, of course, Mark Shepard ends up getting sick to the point where we had to reshuffle the whole schedule, and we had to keep uh, doing a few more days than, um, than he thought he was going to be up there, which it worked out fine, but you know, it was just all the more chance for somebody to spot him on the street coming in and out of uh, you know a restaurant or something. But, uh, and of course, today he was messing with me saying, hey, are you still working on that Supernatural show? And uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's it's a little mean, but it's also kind of funny, and then you know, I knew everybody would appreciate it after mm-hmm. it aired. For all you West Coast people, sorry about that, but um, yeah, so so it was fun. It was great. I mean, when he came to the set, it was um, to shoot the first time. It was all the purgatory stuff where um, they come popping out of hell into purgatory, and you know where he says balls. Um, so when he came to set, we called for him to come to set. Um, it was easily a half hour before we could shoot because he hadn't seen anybody. Mm. And, you know, you know, since the end of last season. So there was a lot of hugging and tears, and everybody was so happy to see each other. Mm. It, was, it was tough to get like, okay, well, let's rehearse. Wait, hold on. Got to hug. Hug him. <laughs> hug him. So it was great. You know, and Jim's a real lover, so everybody uh, everybody gets some. So it was, it, was, it was great. It was a lot of fun. And then, of course, that Monday that we shot the hell hallway, hell, once we realized that Jim was done, then it, it was tough because it's like, well, I don't want to go home. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, uh, people can come and go on the show all day long, as as we know. So there you go. Well, somebody after they showed the preview last week for this, and they did show a very quick moment of what was supposed to be Bobby in the in the cell, but from the back with the hat, and everybody was going back and forth with that really him they must be making it up it is hell they could fool him and somebody tweeted jim and jim said gosh you know i haven't been on the show i don't know anything about it was i there you know he was going on and i'm like so even more misdirection from (laughs) right well i knew that there was somebody because somebody asked me about um a promo from i don't know if it was a canadian channel or something that where they they said Bobby in the promo, and I said, well, you know, the the people that make those promos, they they intentionally try and deceive you to, uh, you know, or, or it's a bit of, you know, they can creatively edit it any way they want and add any soundtrack they want. So just remember that, and you know, I don't know, I don't know what 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 you're talking of, you know, talking about. And then I went, I saw what they, I saw the trailer, and you know, yeah, now you can tell clearly that you know it is what it is, but but I think it was nebulous enough where. You clearly hear Sam say Bobby. So anyway, mm-hmm. well, it was, yeah, it, was it was great. great. Well, the other thing that we did, and we've done, I've done this before on shows. Um, in fact, when I did Family Matters, it was a Mark Shepard's um, shows up at the end, and he said part of part of his deal, and, and as long as an actor gives the okay, you can do this. Is uh, they leave their credit off the front of the show. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I'm assuming that they did that again. I don't think they gave Jim credit at the, at the front end of the show. Nope, he wasn't listed. He, it yeah. was just, I, I watched for it. It was at the end specifically, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's just, uh, you know, because that to, to an, you know, an actor, to have your name at the credits in the front of the show is like everything. I mean, it's, it's what it's all about. But in an effort to keep it a surprise to you know, the very last minute, an actor can request my name on the front credit, and uh, so we did. We did that, um, and you know, I'm glad that that worked because, yeah, then then uh, you know, it's all done to to keep the 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 cat in the bag as long as possible. 
Well, you did a good, great job with it because, yeah, it was, we were talking about it last week, and we were like, we hope he's back, but we're not sure, and you never can trust Jim <laughs> Beaver. And, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and we tried that at the end of uh, There Will Be Blood with Rick Worthy because Rick hadn't been in Season 7 at all. Right, we, right. We talked about doing that, and I think Rick was cool with having his credit at the end. Um, but uh, the promos, even the Warner Brothers CW promos, clearly you see them all over it, and so weeks yeah. ahead of, of the episode. But this one, they thank God they kept him out. They didn't because mm-hmm. I knew we had that dramatic turn in the cell, and I thought, well, they're going to use that, and the cat's going to be out of the bag weeks ahead of time. But they didn't, thank God. So there you go. I mean, uh, sometimes you you know sometimes you actually can get away with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Of course, you got you guys saw you guys saw the um, the Harlem Shake, uh, crossroads you know scene. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was fun. Was, was Jim fun. in it? No, Jim wasn't there yet. But Oscar came on his day off, and he brought a sleeping bag, and of course, it was soaking wet. It was raining, so uh, the doctor gave him a body bag, and he did warm inside of the body bag in the middle. But uh, no, that was that was a, a complete you know team effort because. You know, Jensen wanted to do something like that, and I said, "Yeah, I mean, here's the time to do it. We're going to try." And you know, the cameras nowadays are so small in in um, the world that they're starting to put them in these remote control helicopters. So we wanted to do a remote control helicopter shot where we kind of you know did it with the crane, but we wanted to come dead straight above the devil's trap because that was like one of the biggest ones they've ever made. It was like 24 feet in diameter. So you know, there's, there's things that that um, you know, if, if there's a lot of wind or a lot of rain, the guys that run the thing say it's not a good idea to try and do it. Plus, once Warner Brothers got wind of the fact when they heard the, the words, you know, helicopter and number, you know, number one and number two on the call sheet, Jensen and Jared near each other, they said, nah, not a good idea to put a helicopter near our, near our stars. And we go, okay, well, we can still do it with the crane. So we knew we were going to have the crane that day to do that. You know. And so. That was it wasn't a light day, but it was an easier day. And so we said, Well that's the time to do it. Well the props people and the wardrobe people and everybody heard about it and you know, they, they just pulled all the stuff off their truck and started distributing crazy hats and wigs and all that stuff and um you know, it was it was kind of a storm. We had a devil trap, we had Jared and Jensen. We had a crossroads, we had the Impala. So we had a bunch of iconic things in the show, so it seemed like the perfect storm and uh, and it worked out great. I mean, uh, you know, the idea of bringing out the giant slate, which always cracks me up, um, to to you know make, put that in the middle, that worked out good. So I haven't looked lately, but I had six million views at one point. How many takes did y'all do it just in one take, or? No, we messed it up a couple times because we wanted the slate to come exactly on, you know, the the point. We all knew the song well enough by that point. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, the slate was in a little early, it was in a little late and, you know, so we just did it a couple of different times and the, the important thing was keeping the camera locked once we got to the top and then, so, cause everybody ran in, you know, Brad, uh, you know, who was the camera operator was locked everything and ran in. And so, uh, yeah, it was great. We got everybody involved. And of course, Rosie, the B camera operator, Brian Rose, once we set up that shot, he ran into the camera truck and locked himself in the truck. We didn't know what he was going to do. <clears throat> so he got a bunch of chroma key green two-inch, you know, camera tape, which is really sticky, by the way, and he made himself a pair of shorts. You know, and, <laughs> and it was like, you know, it's like maybe 30 degrees Fahrenheit out there, so it was not it was the type of 
thing I were to take a much better for, but there would be anyway. It's kind of fun. And so everybody, um, did, did they, did you know, like he, he planned out his little green tape outfit. Did other people, you know, bring things that they wanted to wear for it, or did they just pull things off the prop tractor? No, not really. The, we, they, the props department brought us boxes of hats and, and crazy stuff, and uh, I just, you know, grabbed the, the, the craziest hat I could find. Wardrobe brought a bunch of cool stuff. <clears throat> um I think Osric was the only one that actually brought something, and he drove all the way out there to. You know, I'm not trying to remember where that was exactly. It's uh, it's in, in the Delta area, so it wasn't, it wasn't like you know, house skipping a jump from from home. I mean, he really, it was it wasn't super early. It was early in the morning, and he uh, he definitely had to be a part of it. So, so uh, hats off to Osric. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's definitely yeah. one of the biggest things I think to come and supernatural fan and everybody's crazy about that video. Yeah, it worked out good and you know, um I, I I I he doesn't want to take credit for it, but it was definitely Jensen that put the bug in my ear and we said, here's the here's the time to do it. We looked at the schedule and we knew it could be a really cool thing with the helicopter and of course it you know it was fine with the crane as well. Um so he won't take credit for it but it it, it was his idea. So if you think he's super shy and all that, that's just a big illusion. <laughs> <laughs> so what, um, uh, I know you haven't seen the finished cut yet because, you know, you haven't seen the episode yet. Right. But, do you know, did you go over any or was everything pretty much on time? Did you have to cut any scenes? Or? I don't think so. I mean, it was long, but they're always long. And you want them to be long because they're always better for the cut. My, You know, I... I Kind of getting confused because my last arrow was like nine minutes over, and that was painful. Because I think oh had, goodness, yeah, we had That's to yank these scenes out. I mean, I you know I went in and worked on it and got it down to six minutes over, but we still had to yank some stuff out. <clears throat> I don't think so. I mean, um, I think we were pretty close because at a certain point, a director, a guest director, can make a bunch of suggestions, but at a certain point, you know, it's it becomes um, you know uh, Bob and Jeremy, and then even Phil. I know Phil's kind of double duty and care, but he was there the day I went in to cut. And um, so at a certain point, you know, you kind of hand it off to them because there's bits of story that, that uh, you know, maybe peppered in there for a future episode. You know, in other words, there's, there's stuff that I may not be privy to, three scripts down the line that those guys, of course, know. And so you kind of leave the burden of, you know, getting it down to time for them. Um, based on, you know, the whole saga of the whole season. Where, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of worried about my particular episode. You know, that's pretty usual. Um, so I'm not sure if much got taken out. I mean, I'm sure things will be nipped and tucked quite a bit. But um, but I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not. You know, I mean, we always get them down to time, and, and, and it's it's – it's the kind of thing where it's you know it's painful as a director because you sort of you know you, you you want to see everything in there, but at the same time, to the audience, if you you can't miss anything you've never seen in the first place, so you know it, the audience will never miss it is what you can't kind of have to keep telling yourself, um, and then you know hopefully if it's a cool enough scene and it had to come out for time, then they can add it back in on the DVD and you know maybe that'll happen. Who knows? But I'm not, I'm not saying anything got cut out of this episode, but just in case it did, maybe that, you know, it'll have a second life in the DVD box set. 
Have you have you been asked to do any commentary? Because would love to have you do commentary on the DVDs. Mm. I, I haven't. I mean, I have on other shows, and I've just never been available to do it. Um, I think it was a Criminal Minds and uh, something else, maybe a Jericho or something where I just wasn't available. I wasn't in town, and they, you know, they're very specific to get you at this studio at this time from one to three or whatever. So, uh, but I don't think I have on Supernatural. Um, mm. You know, who knows? Maybe, maybe this season. <laughs> Yeah, um, those were some amazing, intense scenes between Jensen and Ty Olson. The Benny scenes where he's basically saying goodbye and everything. Yeah, well, those those guys really like each other in real life and have done great work together. I mean, Blood Brothers, you know, I was so excited, you know, to do all that stuff with those guys back then. And, uh, you know, that was, I think we started our day with that scene. And we, you know, we're shooting it, and I'm, I'm like, well, you know, we got other scenes to do today, but I could shoot this scene all day. It just, you know, cause there's so much, there's so much going on there, so much nuance that, that you know, it's, it's, you know, here it's written on the page. Here's what you say, and I kept the screen, you know, the the, the blocking really simple, so there wasn't a lot of moving and grooving. I mean, you know, kind of start mid conversation, so. Benny's doing a little bit of a pacing, like he's, you know, he's laid it on him already. Now he's thinking about it. But you know the angst that you go through, and you know, and, and you got to keep reminding Jensen, hey, this guy's, you know, this is the type of monster that you kill all the time. But it's different, you know. Um, again, you can you can make all kinds of, you know, um, metaphors. Uh, you know, my my thing with Blood Brother was I, I you know, them them trudging through purgatory together. Um, you know, I, and I don't know if I've said this already, but it's like, it was like Vietnam to me. It was, you know, different different people from different backgrounds, different socioeconomic backgrounds. When they got together in Vietnam, they became brothers, and they relied on each other to stay alive. And so, you know, you just talk talk a lot, talk a bit about it before you start shooting. And then, as far as once you start shooting, if it's working, I can shut up and get out of the way and just say, okay, let's go tighter here, let's go slide over here, and. And, and any bit of direction I give those guys, they don't need much. And any any bit I do, I give them is is really simple. Because I've seen I've seen directors in my years as a camera operator, I've seen directors give long-winded notes, and all it does it just confuses like the actors. Like now, what, what did you want me to do again? So I keep I give real simple, succinct direction, if at all. Um, you know, sometimes the best direction is no direction, especially with those guys. So. Um, it's always fun, uh, and I knew we didn't have a lot of scenes with Ty, but he was really happy to be there and excited. And it was also, I think, the weekend before Las Vegas, the convention in Las Vegas. So he was excited and kind of nervous about that because he had never experienced that before. So, so now he has. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, he was <laughs> great at the there. convention. Right, I was there, there, and he he was great. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a super charming, smart, funny, um, you know, that's why he's an actor. Um, he's good at that, so I'm sure he had a good time. There were, uh, you know, some big emotional goodbyes in this episode, you know, with Dean and Benny and then, you know, Sam and Benny. Sam finally, you know, kind of, you know, accepted Benny there at the end there in Purgatory, and then... You know, with Bobby, you know, another big emotional goodbye with Bobby. There was some 
you got some big scenes in this episode, that's for sure. Yeah. No, it was great. I mean, like I said, there was three classic bro hugs through that thing where, um, yeah, I mean, uh, and they, you know, they were just they were just perfect, perfect, time, you know, uh, places in the script. Time, you know, they were timed out well. But yeah, it was kind of nice to see see Sam, see Benny, what Dean saw Benny, and uh, it was it was you know, and those guys worked great together too. It was it was um, it was fun, and then you know, and then the Benny's entrance. You know, I didn't want him to come galloping out like a, you know, and have like a big entrance, a big uh, reveal. I thought it was just better. They just came out of nowhere and just like ripped this guy's throat out and saved Dean or saved Bobby. And then uh, Bobby tries to kill him. Of course, Dean, you know, Sam knows who he is and says, "No, no, this is Dean's, you know, buddy, Dean's a buddy." Um, so all that stuff was great. Um, that's that's where the vampires are trying to kill him. Um, no, I, you know, again, I think. This was an episode that had a little bit of all the good stuff um, that that we all like, um, and if it, you know, and I, I always try to. I mean, there was the, the 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 bit in the boat where Dean comes back with burgers for him and, uh, and, and Kevin, and you know, it's just script, scripted that he comes back with burgers. And he offers him a burger and fries and all that. And so I said, you know, let's have him come back with Biggerson's bags. You know, let's keep the the sort of that. That motif alive, and then um, we also added some pieces of pie in there. I don't know if that got cut out, but there was a whole thing where where Kevin finally takes the food and he goes back into the mm-hmm. closet and uh, he takes Dean's a couple slices of Dean's pie. I don't know if that that, that probably got yep, cut out. It, it, it made it. It was there. It's okay, there. cool. Well, that was a complete. That was, <laughs> you know, I I had asked for I had asked Coop, you know, our props uh, master. Um, be great to have a couple. Because we knew last year when we did uh, there will be blood. We, um, we we had a bunch of those those pie shaped plastic containers for the um, convenience store. So I said, hey, remember those containers? Can we get those again and have a couple slices of bigger some pie? There, he's like, absolutely. So we you know we were able to arrange that. So when it came time to shoot that scene, I said to Jensen, I said, hey, I, you know, there's this thing. It's not really in the script, but there's this kind of cool thing where you know you can bring in two slices of pie. Or one slice of pie, but the bottom line is, once you give him that whole speech about, you know, hey man, this is the life, and you know, some guys have bowling leagues and backyard barbecues, and that's not us, and it sucks, but you do what you got to do. And so when he finally takes the food and goes back to his closet, I said, you know, it'd be great if you grabbed burger, fries, and like your slice of pie. And he goes, he goes, yeah. So he sort of agreed with me. And then we said, well, what's funnier that he takes one of your slices of pie and that you wanted both? He bought two for you, or he takes one slice of pie, or he takes both pieces of pie because he hasn't eaten in a few days, and so that's what we sort of agreed on at the end because it, you know it's it's easier. It's, it's just to see him take two pieces of pie tells the story right there. So that was kind of fun. But I mean that's that's I always have fun with that stuff where, and hopefully that's what directors do. You you take what's you know, what's in the script and hopefully you can uh, em- embellish to you know without taking away. Um, and you know, adding screen time because, as you know, I mean, you know, it's a painful thing to have to you know, cut these shows down when you got you know good material. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a question about the demon guy who was kind of um, hanging around the alley there, and he watched Dean when he left. And 
Um, was he like the one who was like going and telling Crowley what was going on? Exactly. Who was that guy? Okay. All well, right. yeah. When you when you see his eyes change, you know that he's uh, Crowley's spy. That's just that's how okay. Crowley knows where the guy, what the guys are doing, why they're there, and um, you know it was tough because it was it was it was a dark street, a dark skinned man. Uh, you know it was tough to, and I was worried that when he does the flash of the light, are you actually going to see his eyes? Turn black um, enough, um, of course. You know and that's what the visual effects mm-hmm. guys did, and uh, yeah, I think it worked fine. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was a device, so so you knew that how Crowley was getting his information. And um, I was a, you know, I think at first when 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 we found out that Kevin was hearing Crowley talking in his head, I was kind of agreeing with Dean that maybe. Um, Kevin was imagining that, that, but then at the end, you know, we see that Kevin has disappeared. So he wasn't imagining it. Was was Crowley actually talking to him in his head? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what what you're led to believe is that you know he's freaking out and that he's just hearing voices. But but yeah, when he shows up at the end, um, yeah, he wasn't hearing voices. Crowley was really coming for him, and Crowley does really know where he is. Um, that's I think in the last scene, unless it's been reordered in the way it was cut, is the the boy showing up and go and saying, "Well, if he was taken, where now? Where is he?" Right. So, mm-hmm. And I kind of know what the next couple episode scripts are are, and, and so it's really interesting what they're how they're going to go with that. Mm. Um, but it was neat. Mark Mark was excited about. There's that one thing, you know, one thing where he's talking to Kevin about, you know, I tortured your mom and all that, and then he says, um, "You know, I'm being screwed with." He said this. <laughs> He did it, and, you know, his voice was killing him because he had tonsillitis, you know, a few days earlier and 103-degree fever. And, and he goes, this is maybe the first time that Crowley's gotten angry. I mean, mm-hmm. angry, because, you know, all he has to do is flick his wrist, and he can throw you across the, the room. And, you know, he, yeah, that's the way he deals with things. And so he goes, when he, when, he, when he kind of threw all that venom in there, for that line reading of um, I'm through being screwed with, it was, you know, it was like, whoa, this, I don't think we've ever seen Crowley this angry before, so mm. it's fun to do. And I'm sorry he was sick, but the laryngitis was like really, really working for him as as Crowley. You know, he was just like yeah, but he, raspy he really, and growly. And yeah, he completely lost his voice, and then we just we just took him off the schedule and said we'll just take every scene that we can and and throw that you're in and put it to the end. In fact, the scene where he shows up in the back of um, the the taxi drivers taxi and stabbed him um that was shot on the last day by bob bob singer was going to start his episode the next day and i was in the boat i think i was in the boat all day with um with kevin and and um jensen or kevin kevin and and dean and amanda doing uh some of the scenes in the boat and i don't think jared was in that day or something like that but bob grabbed a skeleton crew um, and, and they went back over to that back lot because it's not far from uh, the stages um, in, in Hudon where the boat is. And, um, you know, just talked to Bob real basically about, okay, we're gonna, you know, here, here are the shots. And so what Bob did is exactly sort of what we talked about, you know, in the rear view and, and, and you know, the, the, the demon knife going through him and him retracting it and all that. And so that all worked out good. But yeah, we could have never shot it the previous week. He didn't have a voice, and he was in no shape to do any anything other than lay there and get over this fever. Artic Voice on Twitter brought up a good point. She said when Crowley showed up and took Kevin, it blew out all of the 
um, anti-demon win- uh, marked windows on the boat, uh-huh. but then when Sam and Dean arrive, all the windows are back intact. Yeah, Crowley can do whatever he wants. I mean, we tried to, I, you know, of course we talked about this, but the idea is that, that he makes it, he, he's able to kind of replicate, because we didn't want it to look like the plates were so clean that, because there was some talk about about um, how clean is it after he snatches Kevin and takes him wherever he's going to take him. And you, like I said, you'll find out in the future episodes. Um, but he would recreate, he would get it back to, like, you know, some some form of, of you know, back to normal, I guess is for lack of a better term. Um, so he would clean it up to the point where you – the idea was that we didn't want the audience, or we didn't want Sam and Dean to look in there and go, "Oh, Kevin cleaned up and left." We wanted it to look like this is that uh, that he's been taken. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, and that was the fine line. It's like, well, well, how is the audience going to know? I mean, these are you know all the things we spend hours in meetings talking about, and so what we came upon was that you know, however it ends up in the end there, which is uh, that that he that he was able to clean up, quote unquote. Um, what you know, what it looked like, because um, I think we, we, the point of view shows that all his, um, all his studying and all the paperwork and everything that was tacked to the walls was all taken down as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean it was it was that's one of those things that you know it's written and then you go hmm okay how are we going to say you know and, I, and of course my goal as a director is always to say okay if for some reason the sound broke on my television, am I able to still follow the narrative without any without the luxury of dialogue or any kind of sound at all? So, you know, you talk about, well, what's going to tell the story in a series of images as opposed to expositional dialogue? Um, that's always sort of the goal. I mean, you know, of course, expositional dialogue is a necessary evil, and, you know, actors hate spitting it out, directors hate you know, shooting scenes that have a ton of that, and writers hate writing it, but, you know, it's a necessary evil. Um, you know, you look at silent movies, and, and that's that's the true, pure form of, of movie making, because, yeah, they couldn't just land on one actor and have them go, okay, here's the thing that I don't understand. Remember when we went, you know, you don't have that. You could show flashbacks scenes of the person thinking about what you're talking about, but... Anyway, it's a little bit of film school, mumbo-jumbo, but uh, <laughs> however it ended up was, was the least or the best way, I guess, is the, best, is the best way to express it, the best way to convey that Kevin was definitely snatched and, oh, crap, where is he now? And, and As opposed to it looks like he cleaned up and moved out. Um, and I think we tried to establish that he was so scared um, to leave that place and you know had all the... You know that's why you know it was, it was scripted that he um, he, he created like a, a shrine to 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 ward off any and all bad guys and, and so you know I, I said well let's put a bunch of candles in there and incense and and so we came across all that stuff when he was when he was um, you know do, painting the last bit of the sigils on the on the glass that eventually breaks out before the crowd gets there and so when you come back you know it's all been sort of cleaned of that but it doesn't look like he you know decided to leave on his own. I think that makes sense. Totally makes sense. <laughs> I'm I have sure to say, I'm, I'm so super worried about Kevin now. I mean, this, mm-hmm. and I, 
And I know you, you know, of course you can't say anything, but I really, really hope Crowley was lying. Susan and I were talking about this. We really mm-hmm. hope that Crowley was lying and that Mrs. Chan is not dead because we love Mrs. No. Chan and Lauren Tom. And yeah, no, she's, Mama Tran. no, she's great. I and hope I, you're I lying, think, Crowley. And I think that they, you know, the the, the writers or, you know, the producers, um, know that the fans like that dynamic a lot, and it works really well. And and um, no, I think there's just cool stuff in store for both of them in the future episodes. Um, you know, I, Kevin, I don't think is going anywhere anytime soon. Um, you know, Osric's just a great soul, and he's such a natural. I give him virtually no direction. I have to keep pulling him off to the side and going, dude, I got nothing for you. Um, <laughs> you know, you, his level of panic and his level of nervousness and all that is always seems sort of right on to me. And, uh, you know, again, sometimes the best direction is no direction. You know, and I'll, you know, take the take, I'll say, we'll try this or don't don't get as, as upset there or whatever. But generally right out of the box on the first rehearsal, he's he's pretty close to what, you know, I, I, we sort of, you know, look at each other like, yeah, that's just, that, you know, that sort of feels right. So, um, yeah, I think everyone likes Osric way too much to, uh, to you know, get rid of him any time soon. <laughs> He's a good kid. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not, but, you know, <laughs> nobody's nobody's really safe on Supernatural. I mean, you come back. You can die and come back. But yeah. But that's, I mean, we love that. We love that. I mean, that's what keeps you tuned in. I mean, you know, gosh, if, you know, we always say if everybody mm-hmm. likes each other, conflict is drama. You know, I mean, uh, I know mm-hmm. people get worried, but that's, you wouldn't want any other way. I, I don't. It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, um, uh, Bobby and Sam are walking through purgatory. Bobby, Bobby, kind of says to Sam, "Well, it must have been, you know, hard." And of course, you, you know, you looked for Dean, and of course, yeah. Sam apparently didn't look for Dean. Right, and so right. he's that's, I, I don't know. I still have issue with that my, myself. I find it hard to believe, even though everybody keeps telling me that. No, he really didn't look. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's and it's kind of kept nebulous. You know, you see, you see that he's. He's um, he's sort of you know avoiding the having to answer that question, and then mm-hmm. he's sort of saved by the bell. Here comes these three badass uh, vampires, and you know what's fun about the vampires this time, or at least the the, the purgatory vampires is um, wardrobe wise. We put them in a bunch of really cool, like we have Civil War vampires and like Victorian vampires, and the wardrobe was a lot of fun this time for the vampires um, that that attack down in purgatory. But, um, yeah, I mean it's it's that's what's kind of fun is you know again it's not expositional where it's where we we hear the whole conversation you know we're kind of saved by the bell and that you know he can't answer well the reason I didn't or I did or you know or, you know lie to him it was kind of fun to to just have him just through you know whatever Jared did facial expression wise you know um, that was a fun scene to shoot I mean it was tough. Those woods, even though sundown is until, or you know, you look at, okay, well, you know, God, we got sun till six o'clock, but no, around four or four fifteen, it starts getting dark in those woods. So you really have to shoot fast and furious, and um, you know, we got the mm-hmm. cat to do it, thank God. So, uh, so I remember that being like a, t- a tough thing to shoot because it's like we had a lot of visual effects to go, and you know, a lot of bad guys and them trying to, you know, kill our our heroes, but. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was a fun little scene to shoot. Hmm. Yeah. And um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. 
Oh, I was just uh, it's a, a different subject. So if you have, if you're going on with that subject, go right ahead. No, actually, I was I was switching gears. So go ahead. Okay, <laughs> I was going to ask about filming the scene, the the opening, where um, Kevin has the dream uh, with Crowley, you know, basically taking off his legs and his arms. If you could talk about filming that scene. It was the last thing we shot. Ironically enough, it just worked at schedule wise. You know, we we didn't need anybody, but you know, we could let Jensen and Jared go home for the day. Um, this last last thing we shot, and you know, it was, it was a combination of visual effects, special effects. We had to, uh, a bunch of guys from Toby's crew with uh, you know the, the stubs. You know, like his, his hand is a, is a is a is a puppet for all intents and purposes that comes up in the frame. Um, we cut that that part of that boat is up on a little bit of a riser which worked out perfect because it, it was right like sort of mid-thigh. You know, we even brought Osric in on one of his days. He came in to um, get a wardrobe fitting. We met him down on the set, and we kind of measured with a tape measure, okay, mid-thigh for you, whatever, 23 inches. And we, you know, looked at the riser, and it was perfect, 23 inches. We cut out two holes, put some neoprene there so whatever blood wouldn't, you know, wouldn't drip down into his shoes. Of course it did. It was really gross. But, you know, we knew it was the last thing we were going to do that day, so... So it just, it, you know, and it was a bunch of little shots. It was, you know, a suit, you know, a dolly in, a high and wide, uh, you know, just a, a bunch of different shots. And we had um, Mark, re, you know, do the do the voiceover or you know the the, the things he said, you know, all, that was scripted, um, knowing that we could change it later in post. Like he could always come in later to Warner Brothers and redo it um, if if it needed to be sped up or slowed down or you know whatever. So, you know, we just we kind of blocked out. He stand, he sits up, he goes to the set of stairs, he looks up, he looks out, he goes over to the medicine cabinet, he looks, he opens it, he closes it. So it was just a matter of, okay, let's put the camera here and then put the other camera here. So you kind of have an idea of when you, you know, where, we, where we're going in order. And then at a certain point you go, okay, it's time to put on the prosthetics. You know, one of, one of his, we put one of his arms behind his back and kind of strapped it back there, and then we had to put the second one on uh, behind him. The visual effects guys did an amazing job because he looked like, you know, just because it's just the way it is. Once we got the, the you know, Toby screw with, with the prosthetic, you know, fake arms and stuff, he kind of looked like he had shoulder pads on. So they, in visual effects, they were able to smooth that out a little bit. Um, you know, then we had the whole thing was all plumbed with lines and, you know, a couple guys off, off the stage and and they would squeeze these plungers and blood would start dripping out everywhere. Yeah, of course, it's fake. It's all, uh, you know, our movie blood. But um, you know, it wasn't too difficult to shoot. Um, but you know, you got to be done at a certain hour, and you don't want to go into overtime. And you know, the crew's starting a new episode tomorrow with the executive producer, so you know that's not a good thing for um, the call to get pushed an hour because the guy was getting creative. So. You know, there's pressure, but, you, you know, we, we're good. Again, you know, we got the casting crew to do it, so uh, it, it all worked out fine. And, you know, Osric was game, and, and uh, yeah, I thought he did great. He sold the, the horror of the idea that, you know, your limbs are going away, you know, faster than you can get out of there. It was definitely a very creepy scene, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was going to ask about working with Amanda Tapping as Naomi. Very yeah. interesting character too. Yeah, no, she's very cool. You know, sort of another another one of those uh, Vancouver acting legends like Ty Olson. Um, 
you know, we had so many friends in common and so many people on that crew already knew Amanda and she had worked on the show that by the time she came out to shoot and the first night she came out to shoot was the the the, the scene where Bobby's going up and Crowley stops him from going you know, going up to heaven and and uh, of course Mark couldn't speak, so we just kinda shot around him as much as we could and we shot as much as we could of Amanda without tying her to Mark and all that. Um but uh, it was like we looked at each other and said, hey, and, and um, it's like, of course, we're working together. You know, it's like I feel like we both felt like we knew each other already, um, just from all the people we had in common. And then the really cool thing was on that last day when we were in the in the um, the boat on my last day, um, we had talked earlier. I'm, I'm uh, ordering a Tesla, which is that new, you know, the car that's 100% electric. And Amanda goes, you know, I have one, right? I go, what? Jetson told her that I was going to order one. So... We took a little uh, lighting, you know, we, we turned around and we relit for 20 minutes and Benson and I jumped in the Tesla and took it for a drive around uh, the stage. So that was really cool. We both uh, got to get behind the wheel. So, so Amanda's cool in my book. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, she's she's solid as they come. I mean, just, you know, just, you know, it's like you put her and Jensen together and, you're, you know, again, it's like the, the scene with Ty. It's like I could, I could shoot the scene all day because it's just, it's so, you know, those guys, you know, they've they've mastered the fine art of not swinging for the fences, and 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 uh, you know, there's so much going on behind their eyes and subtext and all this stuff that you know you hope you get and you when you when you do a scene with an actor that's not very good or not very experienced, you miss it. You know, you know that it's not there, but as soon as you know you put the camera on on uh, on Amanda, she's she's there 100. percent You know, she's mm-hmm. horribly experienced and and um. And lovely to work with, so it was uh, it was really easy. And uh, God, ho- hopefully, I'll get to do something with her again in the future because I'm a fan. This was the first episode where we didn't think Naomi maybe was a hundred percent bad guy because she's been using Castiel all season to do what she wanted. Now she's telling Dean, "Well, you know, you see, you can trust me." You know, right. and she popped in to help and whatever. So now it's like, hmm. So that's yeah. I still funny. don't trust her. I still don't trust her. <laughs> yeah, and I honestly, honestly yeah. I don't know what the future holds with that character, but um, no, it was cool because I, I uh, you know, we, we got to shoot that scene in the boat, and I go, wait, this is the first time you guys have ever met. And mm-hmm. Jensen was like, yeah. And so I said, you know, there's gonna be something fun, as tough and as gruff and as mean as you know the the the, the evil shit that you've experienced in your career and your whole life. That when she comes towards you to shake your hand, you you recoil a little bit. And he goes exactly, exactly. He goes, that's mm-hmm. what I was going to do. This, there's something, there's some, you know, like un, you know, I mean, well, I guess it's intentional humor where instead of him like taking, you know, like balling up his fist or grabbing, I mean, we know there's a frying pan right next to him. We know there's a knife. We know there's all kinds of kitchen utensils. That he almost like he becomes like a six-year-old boy did, did something wrong and his mom's coming to grab him by the ear. So that was like one of those things. again, not in the script, but you know, that's that's what you do as a actor and directors, you find those little nuances and things that are uh, are fun to play. And he, you know, he definitely is as guarded as, as he would be as, if she had, you know, fangs and uh, you know knives for fingers. You know, I mean, it, it, it was kind of fun to play that because, you know, here's a beautiful, tall, uh, sexy woman, and uh, yeah, he's as scared of her as he is of anything he's ever dealt with. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, and he rightly should be because from what what we've seen of 
Naomi, yes, you you don't want to mess with her. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the, I remember toning this with Jeremy, and he was like, you know, when she says that line about, and you know, they may have thinned this out because I know some of that dialogue was kind of long. Um, it, you know, she says something about, look, you know, he's a he's a nuclear bomb out there on the streets that could go off at any moment. And I'm scared, and I'm, you know. Mm-hmm. He said, "There's that's 100% sincere. He's, she's not just giving Dean that line to try and win him over. It's like she really does. She is in fear form. She doesn't know where he is, and, and there, we, we need to get him back for everyone's safety. And um, so, of course, you know, Amanda picks that up. You know, it's very subtle, and and uh, you know, she pretty much, you know, finds you know the essence of that, and, and uh, she did amazing with that. So that was that was easy, easy to do." Mm-hmm. I thought a funny moment was when um, uh, Sam and Dean call up the crossroads, Dean, and and Dean so disappointed that it's not a hot chick like it. Well, it was fun. It's funny. Usually, it is. the original line has nothing to do with hot chicks or anything, and and, uh, and you know, Jensen came to me and he said, you know, traditionally when we've done this kind of like crossroads thing, it's always been like a hot chick. So he goes, I'm going to put a call into Jeremy because it seems like you know that's kind of you know certain things we stray from in the in the the mythology of the show and the lexicon and the you know of of the the rules of the show he goes but that one it seems like is a fun thing to to you know perpetuate and so he got on the phone with him and like you know 2 hours later we got like you know pink or blue or whatever pages and it was almost like verbatim what we had talked about instead you know I go yeah i mean you know if that's the case then and when you when you see that it's this tough looking like cause he was kind of sort of described as like a uh, like a, a street hustler rapper type, mm-hmm. and uh, I said it would be great for you to go. Oh, well, what, whatever happened to the hot chicks or whatever, you know? And then, <laughs> and, have, and then have the rapper guy go, "Oh, I'll get right on that." Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry to disappoint you. And so, well, it's funny. Exactly, yeah, what we described is what, what got written. So that, that was fun. That was fun to uh, to see that process happen. Yeah, and it's funny because Dean always has has seen the female crossroads demon, but. Sam, when he tried to make a deal for Dean, he got a guy, but oh. he's the only other one. I think right. there, was, there was another thing like that that sort of like in the in the lexicon of the show didn't make sense. But you know, again, we just fixed it, and um, it was you know, it's, it, all it is just put one quick phone call in and going, hey, what do you guys think of this? And you know, as long as you don't do it to them like on the day, and you know, you got to give them a little heads up. I mean, those guys are mm-hmm. you know, happy to fix whatever. Um, yeah. Whatever and whatever. Oh, it's great. It was great because Dean totally would have thought of that because he's only dealt with with. Yeah, and it's like genuine process. disappointment, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that's fun. I mean, and, and you know, Jensen is, is so good at finding these comedic moments, and you know, a lot of times it's 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 you know, again not in the script necessarily, like just the way he eats um, is funny, and the way you know some of his looks. I mean, there was one in uh, a look that he gave. Uh, it was the episode where um, uh, Christian Campbell was the guy, and he was strapped to the bed, and it was like two episodes ago or whatever, but there was such a great look in there. Oh, yeah, uh, Man's Best Friend with Benefits. Man's Best Friend with Benefits, where he looks over, he's, he's saying something to the girl, and he's like, no, nothing. He looks over at, at, at Jared, Jared doesn't give him anything. He looks back at the girl. He just had the cutest little, like, you know, it's like a puppy dog that's disappointed or something. But he's really good at that, you know. And if anything, I'll have to say, you know, let's do a version where you don't do that because it's so it's so funny and so good. Maybe that it, you know, we we get in the editing room, we may not want it to be as funny and as good. So, um, but yeah, he's sort of the master of that kind of thing. You know. 
that that reminds my I think my very favorite time when um, Jensen has done that sort of thing was in season three's um, Justin Bellow episode where um, Agent Henriksen has shot the sheriff and right. Dean could not help but do the, do the joke, but you did not shoot the deputy. Right. <laughs> and the look on the look on Dean's face, he's like. What? I mean, it's a joke. I had to say it. You know, it was hilarious. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's good at that. Yeah, he's I'm completely lost, Guy. Can you hear him, Susan? No. I just hear a little bit of static. Are you still there, Guy? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you a little bit better now, yeah. All right, well, let me uh, let me see if I can, maybe I can trade phones here. You know, wireless technology and whatnot. Let me see. See if this one's any better. Is that any better? Yep, sounds yes. good. Okay, yeah, maybe I, know, I might, might have been losing the battery on that one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, I, I, like I was saying, the writers tee up that stuff really well, too, so they kind of know, you know, that, that you know, the actors will find, the uh, you know, a way to make that funny without it being like a joke. Because they don't write a lot of jokes for those guys, but it's fine because they'll, They'll find the humor in some of the lines every now and again. Besides the Har- speaking of humor, besides the Harlem Shake video, was there anything else you know in this episode that would be good for the gag reel? Uh, can't think of anything offhand. Um, I'm sure there was some stuff in uh, in the bo- in the house uh, the, the the boat. Keeps I keep calling it the houseboat, but it's not. Um, you know, maybe maybe somewhere in there there was some some stuff I can't remember right now. I mean, um, you know, I know that we print any any good gag. You know, we definitely print, and the guys pull it off to the side. Um, so, so I'm not offhand. I can't think of anything, but I'm sure there's some stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, um, was there any chance uh, that you know? I know you said that there was a few. You did a few takes for the. Island Shake video, any chance like maybe for the DVDs, like we'll get like, you know, the full thing, all the takes or anything? Oh, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't. I mean, I know it all got sent down, you know, in our dailies to LA. But I think what we ended up doing was um, Matt Tishner, who's our you know focus puller and B camera operator. Sometimes I think he actually cut it together, at, you know, a, at his house on his on his laptop. The final thing, so um, I don't know if, you know, maybe, I don't know, I don't know if uh, if there was if it was even worth that, you know. I mean, I think, you know, it would only been like ten seconds of, of that stuff, of uh, you know, like false starts and just going back to one and, and playing it over. I mean, I shot when we were shooting it. I shot some behind the stuff, uh, behind the scenes stuff on my, you know, iPhone, just just rehearsing because we. There again, the sound department knew about it, so they had a really good recording of it, and they brought out a couple PA speakers so we could all hear it. So it was like it was really loud. It was so funny because that's like an area where 
in the morning all the dog walkers take their dogs for a walk and it's peaceful and there's like these giant eagles in the trees and it's you know it's really nice and gorgeous and and uh, here we are blasting the song at like you know nine in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, having like, a crazy dance party. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, who are these people? I mean, I think they take one look at you know, like you know one of our vehicles that has the supernatural signage on it, and they're like, oh, it's them again. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I could try and rip that onto something and get it to uh, post, so they could put that on like the little behind the scenes stuff that we did. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I, I put a picture up on Twitter. It was like uh, Jensen standing in front of the Impala with a, big, a red, white, you know, like a big golf umbrella, and that was that was a still from the video because I shot this whole video. I just walked around while we were all kind of rehearsing it, and uh, that was like the the, the ending image. I, I came up on him and as, as he was practicing his dance moves. I I saw that picture. That's why you tweeted it. Mm-hmm. That was a cool picture. <laughs> Yeah, so that was mm-hmm. a still from uh, you know I just fr- you know freeze frame on one of the um, you know the vi- images from the video. Yeah, that's a great shot. Yeah. Um, can and um, I, I've been confused when Jared's doing the dance, you know, when they're all doing the crazy dance at the end. Um, what is is Jared like waving like a big red foam finger? What was he? You remember what he was waving? It was something red. Yeah, I think it's one of those big foam. We're number one. You know, something, yeah. that, that, something we got off the off the um, prop truck. I know Jensen got into full hockey gear. Because um, <laughs> when we got ready to do it, you know, after after the guys did their little bit, you know, and the slate comes out, we you know everybody said, okay, let's run in and get in position, and you know, we'll start the song again. And I remember Jensen going over to the back of. Uh, Cliff's uh, SUV and, and grabbing all this hockey gear and, and putting it on really quick. Um, so that's it. Looked it looked like one of the Supernatural crew um, hockey jerseys that the crew got a few years ago. Is what it looked like. I don't know. I think he had a bunch of pads and stuff and the gloves and everything. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember now. I mean, <laughs> we're all doing our own thing. I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> it was. It was awesome. Yeah. All right, is that are you guys run out of questions? I can't believe it. I know. I'm sitting here thinking, I think we've covered everything. You know, if we had, you know, we've only watched it one time. I'm sure if we watched it, you know, a couple more times, we'd have a ton more questions. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's funny because I turned in a cut, you know, almost, well, it's got to be three weeks ago. I really haven't mm-hmm. seen it. So um, I'm sure if I watched again, there'd be there'd be some some things that I could I could bring up. I mean, I think the high points were, you know, obviously, you know, Jim coming in and, and uh, being a part of it without having been in any other episodes in, in season eight. Um, Mark Shepard getting incredibly sick. Um, yeah, we were worried about him. I mean, it was it got it got pretty bad there. That and um, you know, and, and just just the whole, you know, anytime you're you're in cold and rain and it's not letting up, um, you know, it's like. Not conducive to getting getting better, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, it was a, it was an eight day schedule. I didn't have a ninth day. Um, it just didn't call for it. Um, and, you know, any of the any of the a lot of times the ninth day will be if you have a lot of you know big special effects or a stunt or something like that. And we didn't have any of that. Um, you know, there was a lot of a lot of beheadings and a lot of you know 
eyes changing mm-hmm. color and all that stuff, but nothing nothing too big that you know it's sort of, we sort of have a lot of that down to a science nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that kind of made me think of a, another thing when they finished the second trial, mm-hmm. um, and and Sam does the does the ritual, and then he has this effect where it it like goes up his arm. Mm-hmm. Like, like, can any idea what's going on when that happens? Or I, I don't. Can't tell me if you do. But yeah, no, I like don't. I know that a really I, interesting effect too. Yeah, I know that in in the first one, I, I think, which was uh, Kevin Parks' episode. Uh huh. I think he had short sleeves, so it was easier to see the travel. But we knew, you know, we knew all along that he was going to be wearing long sleeves in this, so we really had to sell it in his hand um, that it, you know, that it was. It was taking effect in his hand and then going up his arm, um, but I don't. I mean, I know that it's 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 taking its toll on him physically, and I'm sure that that'll pay off later in the season. But I mean, that's that's not any kind of spoiler because I think we're all kind of seeing where they're going with this. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We've been calling it. Um, Sam has because he's coughing up a lot of blood, you know, like tuberculosis. So we've been saying it's trialberculosis. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? I mean, uh, what is there's um, tonight was episode 19, right? So there's another four to go, right? Does that make sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you got you have four more episodes to figure out. Even though I think they're taking a little t- two week break, yep. or three week break here. Yep. Yeah, it's tough. Unfortunately. I mean, they, they, yeah, they need it because it's just it's just so much work. You know, eight, mm-hmm. eight or nine days to shoot, and then just you know the post the post uh, schedule is is you know, just breakneck and, and um you know, like I said, three four weeks ago today I flew home and so here it is it, it, it's on the air for four weeks, you know, almost to the day that we finish shooting it. Um but you know, I mean it, yeah. it, it it'll be better for the, the little break. I know nobody likes to, to watch the repeats but sort of mm-hmm. very evil I think sometimes. Um but I'm excited about uh, you know, the rest of the season and then um We'll see about you know next season. Uh, I think uh, once once uh, they know what when what their start date is, they'll start um, slotting in directors. So hopefully they'll uh, they'll remember me when it comes time. Uh, oh, definitely. We've we've got to get oh. you in for more for more than what we had this this season. You know, yeah. we need you, we need some more season. Yeah, it was good. It was a busy for me. It was a busy season. Um, I, I you know because in addition to. Uh, you know, I did three episodes of Arrow. I did a, a uh, episode eight of Revolution. I also did like sort of it's, it's not super secret, but it, it's a little presentation pilot that I can't really talk too much about. And uh, I, you know, I still don't even know what the future of that is. But you know, it was it was pretty, you know, a, a busy July to March this year for me. So um, you know, we'll see. I, um, I think they'll have a schedule pretty soon of when they're going to start because they can't really start slotting in people into dates yet without knowing what that first date is going to be. And, you know, I don't know if Jensen's going to do the first episode again because um, he's going to be a father here soon, it looks like. And uh, mm-hmm. so he may or may not want to, you know, be away for that, uh, you know. it's And and, and how I, much, you know, Phil's going to be involved as opposed to this season where he was doing a lot with Revolution. So we'll, we'll see. Well, um, he said at the Vegas convention, Jensen said that um, it'll be later for um, – if he directs, it'll be later than the, than the first one because he he won't be able to do the first one. He said so. Yeah, well, yeah, that's it. And, and you know, if uh, if they have to, you know, uh, 
prep around his schedule. Hopefully the two episodes, the one that he preps and the one that he directs, will be, you know, light on Dean. I mean, you know, it's the only other way to do it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, anything's possible. And uh, I'll put up their sleeves for season nine, but we'll see soon. And Misha's directing an episode next season. They said, Misha so. is, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I heard that early on, so uh, <laughs> yeah, that ought to be fun. They're going to give him no end of, uh, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's all out of love. It's all out of love. <laughs> Yikes! I know that was that was my first thing when I when I cracked open the script. You know, I was like, oh, cool, Mark Shepard, Jim Beaver, Ty Olson. And I was like, oh, no, Misha. But you know, it's, uh, you can't win them all. I was happy to have you know the kind of the cool cast I had, and and. Uh, <laughs> You know, I love working with him, and, and hopefully it's he feels the same way about me. And you know, hopefully we'll get together on season nine because I, I guess he's coming back in, in more of a, a mm-hmm. big role next season. So yeah, regular. Yeah, yeah, go oh, yeah, There you go. Good stuff. So. Um, well, good. I mean, I'm excited. Twenty more minutes till it comes on the air here on the West Coast. <laughs> You'll enjoy it. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, you know, I, yep. I, it's uh, and uh, it, only because I, I've had good luck. With the scripts I've gotten, Jim Michael says I've got. I must have a horseshoe up my ass because um, <laughs> I have. I, I mean, I really, honestly, have ha- I haven't had one where I've struggled with the logic or anything about any of my scripts. They've all sort of, you know, been good right out of the box, and you know, and that's inspiring because what it does is it, you know, I, I read the script and it's good, and I go, okay, well, I know I got a good script, I know I got a good cast, so at this point, there's no excuse for it being bad except for I fucked it up. So, pardon my French. Um, so hopefully I, I, I'm able to, you know, use that that pressure to say, okay, how am I going to make this, uh, you know, I can't just, you know, phone this scene in. It has to be better than just okay. And so um, mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, you, the, better, the, the, the better the script is, the better the direction is because, yeah, I mean, there's, there's that pressure of um, – there's no no fingers point at except for uh, for for the director if it's uh, you know if the episode's not good. So and you know I, I I work better under pressure anyway. So there you go. Well, your episodes are always great. So there's yeah. not, you you have nothing to worry about. You're great. Good. Well, no, I mean you know it's it, it it's a great cast and crew and and you know we all I mean I wish I wish I had some dirt but I don't. I mean we all really like each other. I mean. Uh, we laugh all day. I mean, it, it, we just joke around. I mean, we had on this episode, there was a couple of viral videos that were going around that we kept referencing and watching over and over on our phones. Um, the one, there's one where the goats scream like humans. I don't know if you guys have seen that video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we couldn't we couldn't get over how funny that was. So of course, every time <laughs> I yelled "cut," the whole crew would go ah because it sounded like. <laughs> There was a couple of viral videos. Some of them were kind of filthy, but you know, others were were okay. But, um, so you know, you just keep, uh, you keep, you know. I mean, there's 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 a great one about um, it's like a, a fake ad for Apple Scotland, where the guy's trying to use Siri in his thick um, Scottish accent. He's trying to order a sandwich. If you if you happen to see that one, that's funny. We we watched that a couple thousand times and laughed every time. Um, but anyway, so you know, you, that, you know, you start that at the beginning of the episode, and you, know, you just kind of have have chuckles all through the through the show. And um, yeah, I adore everybody on that crew. I mean, it's really a, um, a labor of love, and um, I'm really sad. And it's like you know, eight days goes by or 15 days goes by, and you're like, oh man, it's over. I don't I don't want to leave. So um, hopefully, you get you know, you get that feeling on everything you do, but you don't. 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we definitely, we hope you come back next season for sure. Yeah. At least a couple episodes. Goodness. See, I mean, I think that's the plan, and uh, you know, I, I never count any chickens before they hatch. So, um, you know, I think uh, the last, you know, I heard once they have a start date, then they'll be able to, you know, with mm-hmm. with with you know with authority be able to say okay this is the date we're starting and these are the dates that you know are available and we talk to my agent and you know, we work out the dates because it is it, it becomes a bit of a, a chess game or like Tetris where you try and schedule in these three weeks here and then you go to this for this three weeks and you try and have a few days in between to you know re- relax see your family and or go in and edit or hopefully all three of those things um, you know, a lot of trips to Vancouver this this year, and so you don't want to go directly from one to the other, even though I've done that. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. But again, you know, the support that you guys show for the for the the show, unparalleled. I don't think there's any fandom like it, and uh, and that's why the show's you know been on the air as long as it's been, and, and we'll continue on it for at least another season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know uh, Peter Ross came up. I was doing an episode of Arrow, and Peter Roth, who's president of Warner Brothers Television, came up to um, to uh, uh, bid farewell to uh, Fringe. They were having their 100th episode farewell Christmas party all in one. So he came by um, the Arrow set and said hello, and then he went over to Supernatural, and what I heard was that he told Jensen and Jared, um, I can't wait to come up for the 200th episode party. So that's good to hear. Because, yeah, that's the kind of thing we like to hear. So yeah, that's because, great. Right. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I think they're at like episode one seventy something or one, you know. So, so it's going to be more than one more season. In other words, I think uh, Jim Michael said the final episode or was one seventy two. Right. So you add another, you add twenty two to that, or twenty three to that. You're up to one ninety five. So we don't get two hundred episodes unless we get a tenth season. So there you go. Uh, for all you mathematicians out there, um, so so there you go. I mean, you know, when the president of Warner Brothers Television comes up and tells you that, that's uh, that's a good thing to hear. Um, that's good news. Yeah, it's really good news. So uh, very cool. very cool. Uh, and uh, you know, keep up uh, keep up the um, the great work that you guys do at Winchester Brothers. Um, fans uh, have been amazing, and uh, it's been fun. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, guys. I'm gonna go. Y'all make it easy. I'm gonna go find a cold beer and get ready for nine o'clock here, and uh, and uh, and hopefully the West Coast will start uh, chiming in on what they think of 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 the show, because I certainly got bombarded by East Coast people. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for thanks for coming on, guy. You're always amazing. We love having you on every time. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. Okay, guys. Cheers. Enjoy your beer and enjoy your episode. All right, thanks. Yep. Okay. <laughs> oh, we'll talk to you next year. Next okay, year. you got it. <laughs> thanks. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 <laughs> a fantastic episode, a fantastic guest, a great podcast all around, I think. so. Yeah, except for, unfortunately, Guy's phone being, being touchy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let you know, up until the end, uh, that last part, though, you could basically tell what he was saying when it was going out. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it had, it, who knows, because we had a, I noticed there was a couple of 
tweets that were saying, yeah, they they could hear it also, but at yeah. least, you know, while the end was good, and most of it was good, and he'd go in and out, but he always has, you know, so many great stories and insights, and he had, I, oh, the only thing he did not have to deal with this episode was calf, calf cow. Right, <laughs> right. It had everything, everything, everything and the kitchen sink. <laughs> Um, this is true. Yeah, I mean, do we want to talk about the episode ourselves a little bit, or are we good? I mean, yeah. for us on the East Coast, it's going for midnight here, so I can talk. I can talk for a few minutes. I, I my work does. I, mm-hmm. I get. I work. I go to work an hour later tomorrow than usual, so I can stay up a little bit later. Yeah, just a just a few minutes. You know, a little bit. Um, I you know again. Jim Beaver is the biggest liar in the world. <laughs> yes, he is. You can't trust him for a, a second. You can't believe he's no. like, you know, demons and Jim Bieber lie. You know, it's something you can count on. <laughs> so very true. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great episode full of all kinds of things. I'm really, really worried about Kevin. Mm, with good reason, and I'm worried about um, Mama Tran. Yes, I and I Laura, Crowley's lying. Lauren tweeted a few minutes ago. Um, she said that uh, she said this is horrible news. They killed Mama Tran. I had no idea. Well, I hope you guys will remember me. So um, I tweeted back to her with our with our account, and you know, told her, you know, hey. It was from Crowley. You can't trust Crowley. <laughs> you know, so we're keeping the hope alive, you know. Yeah, and and it all occurred like off screen, like Mama Tran supposedly dying is was way off screen, and you'd think her being Kevin's mom and for Crowley, it'd be more useful to like kill her right in front of him or something. He'd find a better way right, to do it. Right. So I think I don't know. I'm I'm hoping he. He made it up, and I I hope somehow that isn't the last we've seen of Benny, either. I um, know, I know. And of course, Ty Olson, who plays Benny, who's so much fun. We've had here on the podcast, and I mean, those were some really wonderful scenes between uh, Benny and and Dean. Um, very very emotional and very difficult, and just gorgeous the two of them, the way they played it and saying goodbye. And I actually, gosh, I actually felt sorry, felt sorry for him because he he couldn't fit in anywhere. You know, he wasn't a true vampire anymore, but he was, he was not truly human either. I, yeah. And, I really, really felt sorry for him there, but I was glad to see when we saw him sitting in the trunk that he was still drinking out of blood bags because, you know, the last time we mm-hmm. saw him, you know, he was he wasn't sure if he was gonna be able to, you know, keep going without killing people or not. So I was really glad to see that he was able to keep with the blood bags. Yeah, yeah, that was that was good news and so he totally justified Dean's trust in him. And yeah, it was it was great when Dean says to him, you know, it's my little brother down there, you know, and like and poor Dean's stuck stuck between them. you know, he doesn't he hates to ask that of Benny, but that's, that's Sam down there. So 
Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Uh, um, there's a back door to hell, and Crowley didn't know about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you would think I, the king of hell would know about that, right? Yes, and also I would think hell would be a lot bigger. <laughs> I know it's really because, of course, well, too, you know, too hard to film, you know, and all that, just the practicality and, and logistics. But it seems like Sam found Bobby really fast, unless there was something in there that I missed that there's a way. It, it made you think that, you know, Sam just got lucky and ended up in the right hallway, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, hmm. Hell's really small. <laughs> a lot smaller than <laughs> But I, I thought hell looked really cool. I mean, the red light, the lighting, and the, all the cells, the way they were made, and those creepy, creepy, creepy people in it. You know. Um. Uh. Vinny is Vinny is off work now, so I'm texting her real quick and telling her to call it and give us her insight because she she said that she has episode issues, so trying to get her to call. So watch Vinny Vinny may call. So okay, um, and um, I you know I was I really thought that Kevin was imagining Crowley because. When Crowley went to the taxi driver, mm-hmm. he acted like he had no idea what was going on. Whereas if he was, you know, if he was in Kevin's head, wouldn't he have known? Mm-hmm. So that's where I was a bit confused. I was. Maybe it, maybe it started out in Kevin's um, imagination and his fears, and it just maybe... Crawley decided to take advantage of what he figures Kevin freaking out more and more. Oh, there's Vinny. Hey, Vinny. Hello. Hi, guys. Hey. Hi. Tell us your issues. <laughs> one of them. One of them is okay, but I told Becky earlier we were talking about it, and I just. I love Jim Beaver. I love Jim Beaver desperately. Mm. But I'm going to need them to not bring Bobby Singer back <laughs> anymore. Because it, every time right it, now. it diminishes, yeah, it diminishes every emotional turmoil moment I went through during Death Store, which was in my top three episodes of all time of Supernatural. And probably my top ten episodes of television. Wow! And so every time, yeah, every time they show me Bobby Seeger again, I go, "Well, there went those tears. Never getting those tears back." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had some gorgeous, gorgeous scenes, and and Guy B was yeah. saying that it was when Jim was on set, it took a long time to even film because he hadn't seen anybody in so long. It was it was hugs and. Crying, oh, and then sure. they have to stop and do that, and they could do the scene, you know, and and everything. So yeah, it was tough on tough on both sides. But you know, you you know, you can't trust Jim Beaver ever. <laughs> ever, ever. <laughs> and the other thing she and I had talked because we talked about this before earlier today. It was all hypothesis at that point. 
Um, but part of why I'm at peace with Bobby being dead is that he became just, you know, the point of exposition and, you know, a, a living library for them to run to. And so, again, in this episode, they just used him for exposition. Mm-hmm. He was just, you know, let's let's bounce off how we feel about Sam not looking for Dean. Let's bounce off how, you know, Dean being friends with a vampire, you know. It was just mm-hmm. a lot of show. Well, what, you know, he had, you know, for the second child, Sam had to save somebody from hell. So I'm glad that it was somebody that they knew. And even though I was disappointed to hear that Bobby was in hell, um, I am glad that now he's not in hell. So Yeah. Storyline-wise, I think it was a neat storyline. And unlike what I wanted, I wanted Bobby to be posted all back. Good. He's no, I told you no. <laughs> I know, I know, but that's what I wanted, and so I knew and you I would be happy. I know, but I that's still what I want. So you know, I'm, you know, I'm still a little bit disappointed there that I'm not, I don't have my Bobby back for you know to stay. But it was so so good to see Jim Beaver back on the show. I just, I just miss mm-hmm. him. No, that mm-hmm. I, that I agree with. I love seeing Bobby, and I love seeing Jim. And if Death's Door hadn't been such a good episode, it wouldn't be an issue for me. It really wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. It, it, I blame De- Death's Door was so good that it's that it's horrible at this point because I just, <laughs> I reflect upon it. Um, I, I did like the way they did it, though. You know, the, um, I, I, mean, I have a shallow disappointment, too. My shallow disappointment is Sam was very, very clean in Purgatory. And I, I thought of, of the same thing. I said, wow, Sam looks mighty good for the time he spent in Purgatory and hell. <laughs> and part of what made Purgatory deed so very attractive was how very dirty he was. <laughs> so I was very sad this not to see a mud cake Sam Winchester. And if there were two Sam, Sam Winchesters in hell, do not pull me out of hell. Neither one of you save me. Do not save me. <laughs> Leave me there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I thought that I thought I thought visually the episode was beautiful. I thought it was it was gorgeous, very well mm-hmm. shot, really good work by everybody. Just mm-hmm. story wise, there were holes in it for me. There were pitfalls for me that didn't really jive. I, I don't. I didn't have the same problem, but again, you know, I've only watched it, you know, at one time. It, you know, if I watched it again, I might see those. Um, what did you think about Naomi? Naomi can go. <laughs> <laughs> As we've discussed, I know nothing of Amanda Tapping. I think she's playing the part fine because I'm probably supposed to hate her, and I do. She needs to go. I'm so over it. I'm so over her and her little manipulation and her trying to manipulate Dean and her whole speech with Dean. Done. Don't care. Go on about your angel business. I don't even need you here. And I do mm. feel like she's, at this point she's irrelevant. Like she, she was just she just swooped in to save Bobby's soul. That could have been done a different way. I don't need her anymore. Done. <laughs> I 
I, you know, I think she, her swooping in and save Bobby's soul was another way to get Dean and Sam on her side in the whole yeah. versus Castiel thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, that's why I'm trying to get with her manipulations. Yeah. I did, and I really resented. Yeah. yeah, I really resented her. You know, throwing Castiel under the bus like that, being like, "Oh, well, you know, he." <laughs> It's a little quirky sometimes, and he's super quirky now. So we gotta we gotta watch out for him, for his own good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I, I don't like I don't like that. Um, yeah, I she's like definitely being manipulative. Yes. And tell me, where do you stand, Mrs. Tran? Do you think she's actually dead or not? No, because no. I don't think Holly would be that forthcoming. Yes. Yeah. See, that's what I'm like. Probably lies. Mm-hmm. You don't have to lie. So. Because I feel uh, like I feel like if he is if, if he really did kill Mama Tran, then he loses that bit of leverage for Kevin. If she was if she's alive, then saying she's dead can screw with Kevin. But if she is mm-hmm. a killer, then there's nothing to screw with. Ver, uh, conversely, if she is dead, I feel like Crowley would say she's alive. But if you do this, I can take you to your mom again. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And only for Kevin to later find out that his mother's dead. So I also I don't think no, Crowley would waste no trust in anything Crowley says. I also think Crowley would would um, not waste a chance to like to do whatever torture to Mama Tran in front of Kevin instead of precisely in front you know, of Kevin in front of the in front of the in front of Sam and Dean to see like this is what you do to people this people who encounter mm-hmm. you this is what happens to them. Mm-hmm. So I don't think she's I don't think she's dead. Um. Could you I figure? I was gonna say at the no, at the end when Sam and Dean come back to the boat and find Kevin gone. Did you think Kevin packed up and left somehow and escaped, or did you think Crowley took him? Because there was some discussion about that on the, the podcast with the guy, and he explained it how yes, it has to be this way. And I, 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 I again, I've only seen this once. So I'm not 100 sure. I, I have to just finish watching the episode. I feel like the room was too clean for Kevin to have left. Like if I'm leaving and I'm on the run and you just told my mother, you just killed my mother and I need to like book it, she's probably mm-hmm. not going to, you know, dust. Yeah. Dusting it was because the windows were blown really out and low. Then they were fixed. Oh, yeah. And Everything was perfect. And so mm-hmm. I do think, I do think Crowley took him, especially if Crowley tried to find either half of the tablet and Kevin hit it. Crowley mm-hmm. has no other option. If you don't have the tablet, you take the profit. Right. And who knows where that half a tablet is because Kevin hit it, and now Sam and Dean don't have it either. Not that exactly. they translated, but nobody has it. Um, I do. You know, I do wish that they hadn't told me that. I like the moment of Sam accepting Benny with Dean, but having Dean actually say, "I didn't burn his bones; I just buried them." Again, it's more that it's. I need less tell and more show. I would rather Benny show up in a few episodes or in season nine, and Sam be like, "Good to see you, but how are you here?" And Dean have to confess. Mm-hmm. Because now we're just going to all sit around waiting for Bobby for for Benny to come back. I liked it because I liked that they told us because 
That way it won't be a thing where in the future, you know, it's like, right. well, why didn't Dean, why didn't Dean tell Sam? You should have told Sam a long time ago. You won't have, you know, those kind yeah. of things from people. So. I agree. It's nice. It's nice to see an upfront revelation. Yeah, the honesty aspect is nice, but I feel like I'm just gonna sit around going, "So, when are you bringing Benny back?" I would like some Benny. Is it Benny time yet? (laughs) (laughs) Because um, the scene between um, Ty and Jensen was fantastic, though. That was really, Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. good. Um, Dean's probably the worst best friend ever, but. You know, at least he's aware of it. <laughs> yeah, we talked I, I, I about how he must have been between a rock and a hard place. I was seriously sitting here with my hands over my face, like, oh my God, Dean cannot kill Benny. Dean cannot kill Benny. You know, I, just, I was like, no, no, I don't even need the beheading of Benny. I mean, it was literally like, Look, dude, I know I told you I didn't want to talk to you anymore. We cannot be friends anymore. But I have this huge favor that I need to ask you. And if you you do this for me, (laughs) yeah, if you do this for me, we're totally getting that cup of coffee I blew you off about. Promise. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, really? You're kind of a dick, dude. Like, I get it. The world's ending. Your brother, blah, blah, blah. But you're a dick. (laughs) Which. You know, all the times that everyone's been like, Dean's a dick, I'm like, no, he's not. No, sorry, right now, Dean's a dick. <laughs> he's like the worst <laughs> best friend ever. <laughs> he, uh, I, 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 he, he is a ter- I agree he was a terrible friend, but he's a great brother. So He is a fantastic brother. He's a great son, a great brother. He's a, he's a fantastic if you're blood related to him. For all his talk of family and, uh, uh, yeah, uh, brother, uh, I love Adam, you, brother. Adam, Adam's blood. Um, <laughs> he's not done anything for Adam. No, he's not done a thing for Adam. So. <laughs> oh, you know, I it would have been so cool if they found a way to like nod Adam somewhere in hell. <laughs> well, how awesome would that have been? If Adam had been the innocent soul that they saved from hell, that he could have been, been the innocent soul. I actually, he could I have. Find it hilarious. I find it hilarious. Like, yep, got to go to hell for an innocent soul. And nobody thought about Adam. Nobody. Oh, I mean, like the character. Yeah, it never occurred to Sam or Dean that it could possibly be Adam. They're like, half-brother? No. Oh, what are you talking about? We don't have any other brother. It's always just been us. (laughs) (laughs) Me and you forever. Well, you know. In their defense, they didn't grow up with Adam, and they've technically never really had to – they don't really know Adam – Adam was a ghoul, and then he was a vessel. He, you know, they mm-hmm. don't know this kid. He's nothing to them. Sorry, Becky. Adam, who? Shut up. Shut up. Who is Kevin? I do really like that. As many holes as I think the episode had, I did, like, certain continuity things, like the pedicure. And I love that even though Dean promised to never tell a soul, that now we know he told Sam. And mm-hmm. the Tory Spelling, uh, yeah, yeah. The Tory Spelling, I thought that was, I thought that was, that was a, a nice nod to previous conversations and previous seasons, mm-hmm. and a nice way to bring it full circle. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I yeah. do appreciate that. Um, One of the things that bothered me was that Sam and Dean 
giving giving uh, Kevin a hard time about hearing Crowley in his head because you know if anybody understands what it's like to have voices in your head, it would be at least Sam. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I kept thinking I, about the Lucifer thing, and I was like, you know. Mm, People in crazy houses shouldn't throw their meds around, you know. Like, yeah, you don't yeah. you don't get to tell somebody else to get over it when you couldn't get over it for how long, and you only yeah. got over it because Castiel took it from you. So yeah, so I was like, you know, you guys Speaking are showing of. a little more understanding, <laughs> you know, because yeah. You know, like Speaking you of which, and I get that like. I get that Kevin was yeah I get that Kevin was like not completely lucid. But it was really aggravating me that he kept wanting to like, no, Crowley's in my head, so we have to go. We have to go. We have to move. He's in your head. Where are you gonna go? You can't hide from something that's in your head. Mm. So that was really like, if you really believe he's in your head, why? How is hiding in the closet gonna help you at all? And then how is running away from the boat gonna help you at all? Hiding in the closet. That just is like, oh, oh, poor little guy. <laughs> I did I and you know, props to Osric for looking completely bonkers through those scenes. Because yeah, mm-hmm. whoa, <laughs> that's a lot of crazy in those eyes. I like. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the tweet earlier. Jim Michaels tweeted that um, about how that was a a lot of a month's worth of yeah, months worth of beard. And um, Osric replied back, "That was a full four weeks. Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that was cute. I was trying to stay off of um, Twitter during the East Coast airing because, well, one, I was in class and that's frowned upon. But right. also, you, also spoilers. But, um, <coughs> and I really, really got a kick out of um, Kevin taking Dean's pie in the closet with him, and Dean's like, yes. you know, my pie. <laughs> <laughs> you can never catch a pie break. Um, overall, I thought it was a solid episode. Um, there's just Hello? left me with a lot of. I thought it was a solid episode. It just left me with a lot of of questions and a lot of raised eyebrow. Mm-hmm. I thought, as far as these writers go, this was probably their best episode. And normally, I'm not big on their episodes, but I liked this one for them. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. And I thought um, uh, Asaf Cohen, Asaf Cohen, who played the re- the Reaper, AJ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He did a great job. I, I, I yes, really, he did. I really like the character. And we have a new uh, perspective on Reapers. There's apparently rogue Reapers, coyotes, who freelance and will smuggle you in and out of heaven or hell for a price. And that could definitely come into play later on if they ever need to do that again. It's kind of nerve-wracking, mm-hmm. but can be done. <laughs> oh, speaking of rogue uh I wanted to say rogue demons. Rogue reapers. Um, oh, no. Rogue it's demon. a rogue demon hunter. What's <laughs> yes. a rogue demon? Um, speaking of rogue reapers. Okay, so if if a reaper could drop you in purgatory and you could get to purgatory to hell from purgatory that easily, how is it that years ago, seasons ago, Crowley was going, I don't know what purgatory is. I'm not to get there. What? Mm. But whereas like Sam Winchester's like purgatory, hell, 
purgatory mean what? Mm. He, he, didn't, he barely messed up his hair doing all that. Yeah, his hair was stayed really nice the whole time. So. Really, that's what you took out of that, really? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Hey, it's after it's after midnight where I am. Okay, come on, give me some slack. Once <laughs> midnight, all you can do is go. Hey, Sam's hair is pretty. Yeah, it, it pretty much is like sleep. Oh, Sam's pretty. Go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's like purgatory bad. Sam hair pretty. We're good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I was impressed with how quickly Sam learned all the incantations. Yeah, I was too. I was like, what that did was you a, By impressed, I mean, again, I raised my eyebrow. Mm-hmm. I was like, when did you learn the thing about putting Bobby in your arm and saying this little thing? When did you learn that? And Yeah. Yeah. And I was that wondering. Would have been, that would have been a good thing for showing. I was wondering, okay, if he had, you know, he had Bobby in his left arm. If he had been able, and we saw how much pain, you know, from when Dean was carrying Benny around um, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. If Sam had had um, Bobby in his left arm, Benny in his right arm, and we already know from the first trial that, you know, some things had happened to Sam's arm. It's like, you know, how much, how bad a shape would he have been when he would have returned? He would have had like, two non-working arms, I would say. Have you seen Sam's arms? They can handle it. Those are nice arms. This is true. <laughs> this is true. <coughs> I it always and this is the thing Russ and I talk about how how many times on these TV shows do they cut their arms? You know, it happens on all the shows, Buffy, Angel, every sci-fi show. They'll cut their arms. They'll cut their hands. If you need blood, they'll cut their palm of their hand or all that. But they never have scars ever. <laughs> you know, they've cut nope. their arms in their hands 50 million times, but they don't have scars. Mm-hmm. In my head, Sam and Dean Winchester are full of scars and have decent teeth. Not the teeth they actually have. Their teeth are okay, normal teeth. And mm. they're a little bit greasy. A little bit greasy. I, I still, uh, one of my favorite things is back in Monster Movie when um, the conversation when Dean decides that he's been rehymenated and talks about how um, his feet, he says he doesn't have the um, crooked fingers, broken fingers, broken fingers mm-hmm. and, you know, oh, and yeah. all that. Like that. All the scars are gone and stuff. And I'm like, we never saw you with scars or crooked fingers before, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, for me, Sam and Dean don't really look like Jared and Jensen in my head. Like That's exactly it. That's it. Which is why I always think it's funny whenever the show calls them like, like male models and all that. I'm like, no, I don't think so. Mm -mm, No. I I, maybe it's supposed to be that we're getting like the airbrushed version. That's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. What is? I will call it in that. soul in his arm is why it healed over so quickly and why there's no scar. I'll accept that for this one. Okay. That mm-hmm. sounds good. And, you know, both Sam and Dean have been healed by Cass more than once. So you figure everything resets when Cass does that. But, you know, they're still 
still fighting and hunting and everything, so there's always a new set of wounds. And Are you telling me that scars. Sam no longer has tramp stamp scar? Because I will be very sad if he does not have his tramp stamp scar anymore. <laughs> what kind? <laughs> what scar? What? <laughs> From All Hell Breaks Loose. I always called it the tramp stamp scar. Oh, I, I did not. I don't know what you said. <laughs> yeah, oh, if he doesn't have funny. a tramp stamp scar, I'm going to be very sad. I I, don't I think, think he it's does. long gone. <laughs> because um, before the episode, before our podcast started, somebody tweeted to us and asked about what about the um, the ribs that you know where Castiel marked the ribs so angels couldn't find them. You know, and now Naomi is able to boom find them. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I think it's because of, you know, Castiel healed Dean, you know, at the end of mm-hmm. um, Swan Song. And, you know, Sam, you know, died and went to hell and come back and, you know, all these things. I think, you know, they've been healed so many times by angels and all that stuff that they don't have those marks on their ribs anymore and they wouldn't have all their scars and stuff mm-hmm. either. Yeah. I just think it's a way. fail. I think, I think that's a continuity fail, not so much a, yeah. Because you would think that if, if Cassiel had really healed that, that he'd immediately put it back on. Be like, okay, everything's fine, but let me let me etch out your ribs real quick. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the handprint, you know, the burn handprint when Cass took Dean out of hell, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think Jim Michaels wants to answer that Cass had healed that later yeah, on. Yeah, with the healing. Yeah. But, you know, and and obviously actually, the reality is that it's a, it's a pain in the ass for makeup to always remember to have that. Yes. It's also, um, I, I, you know, you look at you look at uh, Oliver Queen, you know, Stephen Amell on, on Arrow, and his, his back and chest are covered with tattoos and scars. And, scars. Mm-hmm. and you think and that's how you think, well, Sam and Dean really should look like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. For or you know, or worse, because they've certainly been through plenty plenty more, but of course been healed. But like you said, it's in, in reality it's a it's a pain and time consuming to do the scars and makeup and all that kind of stuff. But I always liked it on uh, Firefly um, they kept up with Mal's scars. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, you know, like the one episode where he was, like, shot, and then there would be an episode later on where he doesn't have, uh, he's not wearing a shirt, and you can see the scar where, you know, he had been shot in the arm, and, you know, they kept the mm-hmm. scars up to date, and I always thought that was really cool. Which I guess if you're only going to have, like, 13 episodes of a show, it's much easier than eight seasons. Yeah, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Cammy oh, Fox. Uh, I know you weren't on when um, Guy was on, but he said that um, the president of Warner Brothers came to um, Vancouver um, not long ago, and he visited. It was um, fringe for the finale party, and then he went by Arrow, and he went by Supernatural, and he told Supernatural that he looks forward to coming to Supernatural's 200th episode party. Whoa. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's some solid support there. And again, it's yeah. a nice change. Nice change from the early days, you know. <laughs> and that was put. Let's see. <clears throat> 172, and then another 23. So that would be, yeah, season 10. Yep. 
said, oh, you did the same thing Guy he did. He goes, okay. Yeah, so Guy, did, Guy did the same math. Uh, see, I do math for you people. Like that's 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 a, that's a hard one for me. It's after midnight. I can't do math. Well, frankly, the only reason I had the 172 at the ready was because uh, Jim Michael tweeted about it the other day. That's mm-hmm. uh, so you know. That's that's, a, that's it, where we got it there. too when we were talking to guys. Jim <laughs> like, uh, Michael and, said. <laughs> and the reality is, is I don't. I just said 23 and 172. I don't think that's 200 yet. Nah, maybe. I don't know. What's a dollar? <laughs> I, did it by, I, did it by, I did it by dollars and quarters. I'm thinking it's a lie. <laughs> but, um. hmm. I wonder if Bobby's really in heaven or if he's yes. in like his, or his heaven. I know that you want him to be there forever and ever and let's not hear him again. But, um, I wonder, because she can't entirely trust Naomi, I wonder if, yeah, he went to yeah. heaven, but he's in not I, quite right. I can kind totally, of Naomi's I, idea of heaven. <laughs> I can totally see Naomi holding his soul for hostage, you know. Yeah. Um, I could see that, but what I thought was really interesting that they did is that once Sam comes back with Bobby's soul, Bobby doesn't manifest at all, so Dean doesn't see him. And I thought that was an interesting choice because you would assume that there would at least be, like, a Dean-Bobby moment, and there isn't. I thought mm-hmm. that was a, an interesting writer choice. And Guy had mentioned um, that that last scene there, they filmed it, several different, um, like four different, over four different days because Mark Shepard was really sick. And so part of the time they, you know, they filmed it, like they would film like Jared and Justin scenes without Mark and then they would film things with Mark and then Mark would have, he would have laryngitis and couldn't talk so then he'd have to leave again. And so it took them a long time. Some of the scenes were, they filmed on a set. Some of them they filmed outside because Mark was so sick and they kept having to go around, work around his schedule. Hmm. Well, the editing was flawless. Yeah, yeah. I would have would mm-hmm. never thought that it was quite mm-hmm. that way. Um, speaking of Crowley, because we had discussed this before, I did like that Sam and Dean finally rushed Crowley. Because we had talked mm-hmm. about, you know, why are they, why are they so sterile and why are they running away all the time? But I did like that they finally just, like, rushed up on him. Okay, guys, I'm going to have to go to bed. My head's starting to hurt. I'm so tired. Yeah, i got to do my recap <laughs> for the other website. So, um, yep. Yeah. Well, it was, it, was, uh, it was a good, really good episode for me. Lots happened. Lots went on. Um, we had a great talk with Guy B. Thank you to everybody listening and persevering through the odd kind of cell phone Static there here and there, but it was a great, great, another great, informative, fun time with Guy. Vinny, glad you got to call in after all and talk about the episode. And and Guy, if you're listening still, I'm sorry I missed you. Yeah, he'll be back again. Oh. He talked about <laughs> you know. the Harlem Shake too. Guy talked yeah. about filming Harlem Shake, so that was fun. And I, I really hope the thing. little behind-the-scenes video that he took makes it, like, onto the DVD or something, because that would be really cool. 
Ah, uh, me too, me too. Yeah. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, very, very quickly, uh, our podcast and and lots of other supernatural information and news up to the moment. WinchesterPost dot com for the podcast. Click on the Winchester Radio um, icon on the side. Please uh, like us and follow us on Twitter if you are not already. If you are, thank you very much. We're Winchester Bros on both of those places. You can listen to us uh, and past podcasts at blogtalkradio.com forward slash media boulevard. You can also subscribe and listen through iTunes. Uh, We've got about a two-week break until the next new episode of Supernatural and then the last four will air straight through to the season finale on May 15th. Everybody rest, uh, meditate, drink your herbal tea because I'm sure the last four episodes will be completely traumatizing leading up to a devastating cliffhanger of a finale. So, <laughs> and by the way, that was an epic preview for the next episode a couple weeks. Just awesome. Release the day. Yay, Charlie. <laughs> Back again. So I guess that's it. Thanks, you guys. Thanks to Guy for coming back on the show for our sixth podcast with Guy. Always had fun talking with him. Mm-hmm. Mm. And thanks, thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. Mm-hmm. We do. And I guess we'll be back to our regular night, Saturday night, next time, as far as we know. If not, we will definitely let you know in plenty of time and until then thanks everybody bye-bye bye bye